going on, guys? Roman the Roamer here. Welcome to my podcast. I am a full-time Amazon seller. I'm a nomad. You could call me a nomad. I lived in my car for three months traveling the country. And yeah, so this podcast is going to be about selling on Amazon. And it's going to be about traveling and bringing on different guests who are interesting to me. Sometimes we might have an oddball guest who just is super interesting to me for whatever reason. And I'll ask them questions. So if you guys are interested in getting some golden nuggets, interesting conversation, learning cool new things, learning how to build your business, this is a podcast for you. Make sure to subscribe. If you guys didn't know, I have a service called restrictedinventory.com. This is a service for Amazon sellers where we sell your restricted inventory, whether that's popular textbooks, CDs, DVDs, at a 50-50 split net profits. All you have to do is go to restrictedinventory.com, fill out the form. We'll get you a label, put all your items in a box, get us a weight, and we'll start making money together. So without further ado, let's get into this podcast, guys. Look, grind hard, well done, sir, and welcome to the freaking well show. I'm here with the college picker. Dude, I don't even know your real name. I know your Eric. real name, but Eric. With Eric, a C. Eric. With the C and uh, yeah, man, he's a super interesting guy. I found out about you a while back. I think, I think I saw you and uh, you and Raken at the green room meetup on like Raken's Instagram stuff, and I was like, "Who is that guy?" And then I followed you, and you you posted this really cool drone video. It's like this drone, and you were like in Thailand or something. Oh, the Japan video, the Japan video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you were like in some abandoned place with like pipes everywhere and water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who the hell is this guy? And uh, your bio at the time said you paid off like twenty six thousand dollars in debt. Close, right? <laughs> closer Something. to sixty six, but yeah. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, I, just, I keep finding more and more interesting stuff out about. And you've been around for a while, posting. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. I've, I've been on uh, YouTube probably. I want to say upwards of like eight years, seven, eight okay. years, and then Instagram pretty actively over the last two. But I've had Instagram probably for like four. So I've like had this like organic following without posting anything, just people that from like YouTube or whatever, like just okay. found me on Instagram. Even though I didn't a post super anything. loyal following, dude. No, I- no. Yeah. And it, it literally, that happened over about the last year. The, mm-hmm. the beginnings, my first maybe like thousand or 2000 followers all was like, I didn't post anything. It was just people from YouTube, like adding okay. me and gotcha. like never engaged. It was just completely my inbox was full. I didn't even know how to use the little airplane to look at the DMS or anything like back in the day when I had Instagram. Yeah. So, I mean, I found out you're a pharmacist recently. So like my mind's still kind of on that. Cause I always thought you were just a full-time flipper. I always knew you were a smart guy, but I was like, Oh, he's a pharmacist. And, and I told Romer this, you don't have to be a smart guy to be a pharmacist. You don't have to be a smart guy. Okay. Like even there's what some dumb doctors, there's dumb doctors out there. Okay. There's dumb pharmacists out there. What do you, what's a smart, what do you have to be smart to do? What job is required? Oh man, to be smart. It's like so objective and you can be smart in certain things. Like some people can be really, really smart about President, a, sub- a subject. President of the United States. He's smart. He's smart about some things, but he's dumb about something. So it's yeah. like, it's totally subjective. Some people think he's dumb about a lot of things. Some people think he's smart about. A I lot just of meant things. president as like a role. Oh, I thought you were talking about Trump. <laughs> yeah, I mean that too. Like, I mean that's a good example. Well, even the president, the, even the president as a role, some presidents of some countries is corrupt, and he might not be a smart guy. He might have been born into it. So it just depends. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, I think, that's a hard question. It's such a simple word, like 
define smart, but I, yeah, I don't think is. you necessarily I've, have to be smart to be a pharmacist. I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Like, what does it mean to be smart? Maybe an IQ test. Raken posted an IQ thing on yeah, Instagram. Takes, well, that- I, don't want, I don't want to take my IQ because I'm freaked out. Like, what if it, like, because I don't know, I don't even know like the IQ range, but once I sit down and look at the range, like, I think, okay, I, I think I'm here and I take the IQ. And Romer falls into like retarded range. He's Dude, like, no, I would no. freak out. Like, like well, I'm, I'm huge on the placebo effect. I know how the placebo effect works. I think, like, every time I fuck something up, I think, oh, it's my IQ. That's why I fucked. Like, I don't want to, I, I know I just can talk myself yourself. out of it. You jinx yourself with all the negative self talk about right, it. I, I can't, I can't do it now. Yeah. Uh, I, I was. I, I find I was, some way to make it negative. I was considered uh, gifted or whatever in elementary school. And they put me in like special schooling through elementary and middle school. So I guess you could say like IQ wise would be a, a metric, but still that I think is subjective because there could be people savant, very like smart in certain things, but like very yeah. stupid. It's socially stupid. Right, like, right, right. Fiscally fiscally stupid. Yeah. Like directionally stupid. Yeah. I'm, I bet since you've been driving around so much, you actually can read a paper map. I can read a paper map. Okay. Me and Raken were talking about this last night. You can read a paper map. You I'm, don't you have know, to follow GPS all the time. Like you can follow I'm oral directions. Good. I'm pretty, yeah, I can. I'm not the best with directions though. Like I, even in Nashville, I wasn't the best at finding my way around. I'm real, I'm pretty good at looking at maps, but that's actually one of my weaknesses is directions. Like I, oh, I, I was going to say you're the roamer. You should be able to read a paper no, this map. Is, this is a bad habit that I would do is I would I would route to like San Francisco and I would just be driving, listening to podcasts. And I would always drive. Like I've done this like fucking five times. It pisses me off. I would drive downtown to whatever city I said I was going to go to. And I'd be like, oh shit, I didn't route the actual address. I just routed the city. So I was supposed to be going to like a friend's house in San Francisco, but instead I went like downtown San Francisco. So I just oh, routed, I routed San Francisco. I've done oh, that. Oh like no. And then you're in like the wrong part. It takes you 45 minutes to actually get to where you Yeah, I'm like, I'm like smack dab in the center, uh, <laughs> whatever city I'm going to. Here's like a weird uh, association I have with being good at directions. And I think it was because I grew up with Nintendo 64, which was a 3D gaming platform. Mm. And I always was playing games. So you're following maps. You're in a 3D world, just like real life, and you don't have GPS. So that I think that has like this weird association with certain people that have this really good directional awareness. So yeah. may, maybe video gaming has some sort of like benefit on a human quality. Like I, I truly I, I do think, think that for sure. Yeah, like you definitely have to use a lot of your brain during video games. Like there was that stigma that video games were like for stupid people. Uh, for a while like oh if you play video games all day you're stupid but it's like it's like the opposite like those kids who are really good like the, i guarantee if you if you did oh yeah map awareness like on. spatial awareness for certain games like you're always looking down at like a mini map and it has to do with a lot of and then you of, gotta like, be spatial awareness. You have to, like know like what gun you're about to pull out of your pocket you have to know like all these things at once like i if you scan their brain there'd be lots of areas active at once and and they're talking a lot of times now to uh to their friends like, yeah where are, you? where are you i'm over here blah 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 so yeah. they're gonna figure a lot of shit out yeah man um so you said i i had you as a garage sailor that's what i yeah you posted me as a garage sailor i mean i do garage sales but garage sales is very seasonal in certain parts of the country especially i'm in uh, west texas right now so it's kind of seasonal gets colder here florida is kind of year-round but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't label me as a garage sailor. I'd say Chris Bonafide's more of the garage sailor because he goes. He goes like religiously. Yeah, you said pawn shopper was. Yeah, that- I've been doing pawn shops about over the last two years, pretty hard. Where I've gotten my my skill level pretty fine tuned. Uh, 
can I actually get into a story from today from the pawn shop? Yeah, I, something it. I've never done before. This is like achievement unlocked, like super high level, I, I think. But I went to a pawn shop. I bought a computer from the pawn shop while there was a customer there. And I sold that same computer to that customer later on in the day for a $250 profit. So you bought it in front of him? Yeah, I bought it in front of him. And he, he knew the price you bought it for and everything. I don't think he knew the price I bought it for, but I was chatting with him about like, just, I was actually trying to find a computer for him. I was like, that's a good one. Oh wait, the pawn shop doesn't have the charger. That's a good one. Oh wait, it's locked. Like that would be a good one, but they never, they didn't have like all the things that wouldn't work for him. So I bought one, they had it listed for three fifty. I bought it for one fifty. or no, they had it listed for three twenty five. I bought it for one fifty. Uh, I wiped the OS, put a new operating system on it, uh, cleared the uh, password, and then sold it for 400 later in the day to the guy that was in the pawn shop. I was trying to help with the computer. How'd you, how'd you list it? Uh, I just got the guy's phone number. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. He, he, I slipped him my name and number and was like, I'll hook you is up. That, Don't worry about it. Is that how you do a lot of your deals? You get no, this is the first time. Well, I'm saying like, do you, do you like uh, have like a list of people that you're like, because I see you do it on Instagram. You, you'll post like, hey, I, I have this iPhone or something. Like that's just forever. open to the story. That's just open to the story. So anyone that sees the story can DM me. Um, okay. I don't really have like a buyer's list. No, I've been posting gotcha. on Facebook marketplace for the local stuff. Okay. Nice. That's a, it just seems like such a hustle for me coming from books. Cause with books, I like books. Cause you can, you can take a lot of books, put them in a pile. You can train someone else how to find the books. You can train someone else how to list the books. You can delegate it. It seems like with what you're doing, it's, it's so niche that it's like, it's almost more like you have to develop an eye, first of all, for the things you're finding. And then you're also having some skill involved. Like not oh, yeah. can do this. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't do what you're doing right now. Um, Steve's but- kind of done it with cameras at pawn shops in the past, which is just, it's literally like memorizing model numbers, uh, processor types, like the technology that goes into the computers. And I haven't been doing this forever. I've always been able to like hustle computers for like friends and family to like find them deals, but I didn't really exploit it like on this level until about the last, like even six months, I'd say like over the last six months, I've really fine tuned this hustle. Like I've done books in the past. I haven't done it to your scale where I'm like buying Gaylords and scanning them out, but I've done one-off books or I've done boxes at garage sales, like buy them out and done books. I've done, um, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were crazy on FBA in 2015. Like I was going to clear out Walmarts and Targets and doing buy one, get one half off. I was doing all that. I've done that hustle. But right now I'm like really enjoying the Facebook marketplace computer hustle. It's like completely different. It's just, it's fun. And I, I had the skill. I just didn't know that it w- could be so profitable. Right. So are there like gurus on YouTube teaching this? Are you one of the no, gurus? No, there's no gurus on YouTube <laughs> teaching this. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm one of the gurus either because I'm learning new stuff every day. Uh, I don't have a course. I don't have an ebook on it. I have a bunch of people asking me how I learned and I just told them like, I've just been tinkering with computers for like 10 years. Would you ever make a course? Like, I don't think I can organize my mind enough for this. And I don't think somebody could follow it necessarily in their area to the T that I do it. Like, I don't know if it's replicable in every market. Okay. Does that make sense? That, yeah, that, that, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it, it would be tough. Cause I'm doing local sales. So my local sales, I'm getting higher than eBay prices. And 
if if I'm teaching something based on higher than eBay prices, it would be difficult if somebody was in somewhere where their local sales were crap and then they were equal to eBay prices and then their margins might be off and it just might, I don't know. Do you, I don't you know. step from eBay to Facebook Marketplace much? Do you like look on eBay like, oh shit. Like, I, I'm exploring it. I've uh, got some items I'm watching that are sleepers and would be, if if the market demands this, uh, this is like this certain model of MacBook that I've been looking at that, has the features, even though it's aged. So it goes kind of cheap on eBay, but I could still probably flip it for 200 bucks profit on Facebook Marketplace. I'm kind of exploring that right now. Gotcha. So Pawnee's your thing right now. When- yeah, it's it's been it's been good about the last uh, six months, really hard. But I've been, I mean, I've been doing the pawn shops even, the pawn shops probably six to eight years. I've been going in just buying one-offs, but not nearly on this scale. Like I have probably 20 computers around me that either need parts or operating systems or something. And then it will be, and they're in like the pipeline to get sold. Gotcha. It just sounds like so much. It, you're like, this is too much work. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Give just, me some barcodes to scan. I know, right? I just want something to make decisions for me and to get someone else to do it. <laughs> So I don't have to do anything. Um, you live I in enjoy, your van. I enjoy it though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy it. it, it I think that's the problem with these apps for scanning books is like they, they make you addicted to the app because you go out, you're scanning, and it comes up with this super cool noise like bling, and you know oh, I've heard when, you look, when you look at the phone, you know you're going to be making that much profit. So like it addicts you. It's like gambling. Yeah. You scan 20 really, books. really, really low risk gambling because it's like right. you don't you don't have to buy anything, but if you do, you just like it's like you just scratched off a ticket and got a little bit of a of a dopamine. Right, you're always risking your time. Like that's time you can't get back. That's you know? true. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're always throwing your time in there. I'm just I'm thinking monetarily because I guess yeah. I don't value my time that much. I'm just <laughs> I'm just chilling. Um, so you live in your van? Were you doing shit like this? Um, so to the van story. I I bought a van with intention to live in it while I was working a pharmacy contract because we were talking earlier before um, before you went live about the Page Arizona. You've been there. You didn't know you were there, but you've been there. And the housing there is actually really difficult to get. Like, there's no apartment complexes you can go rent from. Uh, hotels would have been too expensive. TPs, TP Airbnb is a hundred bucks a night. They actually have them. Uh, they got Hogan. Actually, they're Hogan t- uh, Airbnbs, but they're like a hundred bucks a night. Uh, so I I built out the van so I could sleep in it at least while I'm looking for housing to like because Craigslist. There's no Craigslist for that place. It's too small. So I was gonna sleep in the van while I'm looking for housing, or sleep in the van indefinitely. So during that contract. So basically I drove from Florida to Arizona and sleep along, slept along the way. And then while did you pimp it out enough to where it was like super comfortable? It was a twin bed. I mean, a twin mattress is, is probably a a very comfortable compared to a Corolla. Yeah. So yeah, you already got me on that one. Yeah. Uh, I I had some really good nights sleeping there and it's just so simple. Uh, so simple. Like you go to bed, you read a book, you're tired, and you sleep and then you wake up and you're like recharged, ready to go. It just were you, were you staying at rest stops, Walmart parking lot? During that travel, probably from there to Arizona, it was probably uh rest stops just during the travel. But when I actually got to Page while I was working, I was staying at the Walmart. I stayed at the Walmart from 
March until July or either March or April, April, May, June, July. So three-ish months. So that's like 90 something days in page at the Walmart parking lot. We might have the same Walmart parking lot. Yeah, there's only one Walmart in page. It's on the left-hand side when you're coming into the city. I forgot. I don't even know where it's. A ton of RVs there. There's like RVs all over the place. Dude, was, and, I, okay, I actually am remembering now. There was a bunch of RVs near the Horseshoe Bend, not too far from it. Were, were people? I, no, I, I slept in a lot of the Horseshoe Bend. You're not supposed to do that, but oh, they, would, they would kick you out for that now. It's a lot more regulated. They're charging money for okay. it now. You probably went when it was free. Yeah, I did go. I didn't pay anything. Yeah, they're charging for it now. It's a huge tourist sure. spot. I don't know if it's a seasonal thing or not. No, it's all paid now. It's it's all regulated and paid, and they're people dying in yeah pe- yeah people dying in the parking lot, getting run over by like Chinese tour bus vans or Chinese tour buses. Wait, people dying in the parking lot? Yes. How? When when I was there. I don't know. They bend over to tie their shoe and they get run over by a car. What the fuck? Two people died while I was in page working. One fell off horseshoe bend, which happens yeah, that, like once or twice, once or twice a year. Cause you've seen how sketch that place yes. is. Like, yeah, sketch. yeah. And there's a million people. If you yeah. go at the wrong time, like, bumping into you and they can right. knock you off or the parking lot's crazy. And one lady got ran over in the parking lot and then one person fell off when I was there. Holy shit. Yeah. Wait, wait. So is it, is a parking lot thing that happens? You said that happens regularly or, or that one? I don't know if the parking lot thing was crazy, uh, but it's regulated now. Now there's like there's like parking spaces for buses, like turnarounds for RVs. They don't let you sleep there. They charge you to go in. It's like way more built up. They have squatter uh, de- uh, composting toilets on the outside. And yeah, it's a lot more built up now. Gotcha. You went when it was still kind of pure. Now it's just a moneymaker. Yeah. It, yeah, I remember driving... And it was just like I was in the Navajo territory, I think. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, there, there was like little houses. I don't I don't think I saw any teepees, but there was like little houses. They don't use teepees as Plains Indian, not even Navajo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they they do the, the uh, bricks, don't they? The, yeah, they they do hogans. They call them, which are like the octagon. Uh, I think they're octagon. They're made out of mud. Okay. The the original like hogans are like that uh, but now they all live in either manufactured homes built built homes or trailers or whatever yeah, i saw a bunch of trailer homes and i was like wow i'm in the middle of nowhere if you go yeah. to hopi land which is still on that piece of uh, navajo nation like reservation the the hopi buildings are like clay and uh pretty okay. cool looking i went to the chaco buildings new mexico oh you went to chaco oh yeah, yeah. so yeah those those kind of like look like the hopi ones gotcha the choke the mud bricks and stuff but yeah, Taco I, Canyon, yeah. dude, you've been to a lot of places. Out west is rad, man. People. Dude, well, that's why I lived in my car for a while. I lived in my car so I could go see those places. Yeah. So, were you were you traveling much in your van, or did you? you Every see- weekend, I was working five days a week. So on the weekends, I'd go to the Grand Canyon. I'd go to Bryce Canyon. I'd go wherever, uh, do hikes. Did you have kids at the time? No, yeah. still no kids. Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> you don't have kids now? No kids. Oh, okay. For some no kids, time. no pets. But <laughs> I am married. Okay, gotcha. Were you married at the time? No. Okay. Were we married when I was working in Page? Yes, I, I was married. Sorry. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so no, no crazy Bumble Tinder stories. No, 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 <laughs> no. So yeah. Um, is anyone in the chat? Like, is this live? Is anyone watching? <laughs> yeah. Well, YouTube like did something weird to me where 
I went live like three times back to back yesterday and right. it like hides my video now. Oh really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Or, like you spam your subscribers. So we're not going to show your <laughs> went live with Caleb the other day. We had like 40 people in here, but ever since it's, it's been like, two people watching it's probably raking watching right now thanks thanks for watching steve <laughs> but uh where else have you traveled to out west chaco page yeah i went to i went to chaco uh that you was said zion and went to zion and then i went to all i went to uh in california i went to death valley is it the mojave desert uh i'm not familiar with i haven't done a lot of california exploration okay. there's slab city it's like this there's like a bunch of trailer parks or a bunch of trailer is homes. that the graffiti place uh there is a lot of graffiti there there's a lot of art but it's what stood out more to me was you could just go there and you could just build like you could get two by fours and build like a little structure and you could fucking live there uh, there's like no rules. It's like the last free space. I got to look up slab city. I think I know what that is. Is that the one that has like a big cross and yes. Yeah. Okay. They call that, um, salvation, salvation mountain. So my friend was like, let's go to salvation mountain. I was like, all right, let's go. And I, I'm in California. Okay. Yeah. I still have never been there. I see that all over Instagram. I thought we were going to go somewhere like Yosemite, like a huge mountain. He's like, yeah, we're going to go to salvation mountain. And we go there. I'm like, this is like, I mean, this is awesome. But yeah. Like, okay. This is the picture I've always seen. Is like that yes. place. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a bunch of uh, – it's clay on top of a hay, and it's got like paint on the outside of it. We actually slept there. We, uh, we, we, set, up, we set up a tent, and there was this hot spring. And it, it's trippy being there, man. It's like it's a bunch of homeless people that just – they set up wherever they want to. But it's they're, – they're like more like anarchist. You get you – get Yeah, they're like hippie homeless, not like stinky yeah. homeless. Or, the, I mean, they're probably like, still stinky, but – You have the stinky homeless ones too. It's, it's an interesting place. Yeah, I haven't been there, but I always see it on Instagram and like blogs like and a, stuff. I did a giant U around America. So I went all the way to California, worked my way up. And then I worked my way back around through Minnesota and back down to Nashville. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time like Northeast or the East coast other than Florida. It's like, I've spent so much time out West Navajo reservation, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico. And then uh, now Texas and Florida is kind of where I've concentrated a lot of my U S travel. Gotcha. As far as internationally goes, where have you been? Internationally, uh, I've been to Vietnam. I went to Vietnam when I was 15 for like a month and a half with a friend of mine and uh, got to stay with like a Vietnamese family and stuff, which was really cool. And I actually think that had a big impact on like my cultural acceptance of like foods and everything. Um, I went to Costa Rica for a study abroad when I was in college for you Spanish. Speak Spanish? Yeah, uh, I, enough. I speak enough. Like where's the toilet and everything. And I used to actually be able to hold my own a lot better than I can now just because I don't use it. No se usa, se perdida. So, if you don't use it, you lose it. Okay. Um, so I did that. So I've actually taken it also dancing. Like so many people think I know Spanish now. Yeah. I assumed you, you were like super <laughs> into the, into the language and culture and no. women just based off of the dancing. I'm into the women and I'm into the culture and I'm into the, dude, that means you have to like start doing. Uh, yeah, I, I, will. I will. Duolingo. If you roamed, if you, we're able to roam through South America, Central America and, yeah. and pick up like Spanish classes. That's, that's where you need to do it is just practice and yeah. living there for a month. Like it excelled so much because I had the foundation. I just never had to practice. So I still have the foundation. I just don't practice. So uh, it's very weak. I can read and 
write better than I can speak because I don't have those like neurons built again anymore. And I really don't, I don't know. I don't have a lot of, uh, of the, of the cultural influence in my life. Like I don't watch novellas. I don't read in Spanish anymore. I don't yeah. go anywhere that's in central or South America. I listen to a lot of the music. So yeah, I, 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 I love reggaeton and I like bachata and I like salsa and I love Aventura and, the music it's is great, but my wife's not really into it, so I don't really get to listen to it. Did you dance at all when you were down there? Uh, I'm not a dancer, no. <laughs> you didn't even do like a little white boy. Uh, I'm trying to think, but we went to the clubs a couple times, but I've never been into the into salsaing. I have a Cuban friend who's really big into it and has like tried to do like classes and stuff with me, but just no rhythm, man. White white boy, no rhythm. You know, it's hard to get over. It takes a lot to break that to break that uh, wall down. I'm still breaking it down. It still tries to come back at me sometimes. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm on Costa Rica still. Where where else? After Costa Rica, uh, I think I went to Peru also when I was in college. A study abroad when I was in pharmacy school. I've been back to Costa Rica. I went to Thailand when my wife was working there. So I stayed in Thailand for like three months and then we went to bali for a couple weeks which is in indonesia i've been to japan which i stayed there for about 50 days just under two months and uh costa rica a couple more times i think in there oh yeah and dubai she was working in dubai so i went to dubai for a month nice and then i've had whatever experiences in the airports where you fly so i've like i guess i've been to korea since i've been to seoul airport it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> um, what advice would you have for people uh, who who never have traveled before? <laughs> I gave Steve this advice. He finally took it. He got his passport. Get your freaking passport. It is one of the most powerful documents in the world. Give me a second. I'm such a bad podcaster. My laptop's about to die. I'm going to grab my charger. So I'm just going to rant to your people. Get your passport. It's, it's step one, two, three, four. You get a picture. You pay a fee. You get the documents. All you have to do is apply for it you're you're allowed to have it as a u.s citizen and that document allows you entry into many countries for free no visas and it like gives you so much power by having that passport so when people get a passport would you recommend like they schedule something because most people the the thing they do is they say like i'm gonna save up i'm gonna save up i'm gonna save up it's not that expensive like i don't know maybe do you know how much it is to get the passport? Oh, is it two hundred? I'm saying to travel, like internationally, people people like save up for years and then they oh okay. Well, passport step number one because if you don't have the documents, you can't legally travel. So get that passport. Steve just did it. He should know exactly how much it was, but I, I did it too. I I overpaid for it because I expedited I, it right. Yeah, I expedited yeah. it for, for Mexico. I paid probably like I think you only have to pay like. 250 total if that i think it's like 150 yeah there's like apps now to take your picture so you don't even have to like necessarily pay for the ten dollar picture you could do the picture super white background though because I, I was like <laughs> i was in a starbucks at the time and they were like you need a white background i tried going in the bathroom i was like it's not white enough i went to some dude's van outside get a white van <laughs> taking a picture next to it and that's hilarious like, the the algorithm just instantly denied it that's hilarious <laughs> So get your passport, figure out where you want to go, like what things you really, really like to do here and try to, oh, maybe 
but then again, like if you if you're staying in that comfort zone of doing things that you really like, then you might miss out on something you wouldn't know you would have liked. So I don't know. There's there's you got to get your feet wet, and once you get your feet wet and you understand, like you can travel to places that don't speak English. You you can survive and not die. You can like order from a restaurant without speaking the language. Maybe go with a group of like three, four people, or even just a buddy or or something. And that will break down the barrier of like that you can't do it just by going once. And then eventually I think you'll you'll build up the confidence to just go. What's the craziest thing you've seen in your travels? Like oh gosh. Situation that just like what's the craziest thing and what's the situation that made you the most I don't I don't even know. I can't I can't even think of one that's that's like like, I can't think oh actually when I was in Japan. When I was in Japan, we were having like uh, I was riding my bike that the whole Japan trip was like mostly me out me riding my bike around Japan. <laughs> and we were having tensions with North Korea at the time. It was like the worst when Trump was saying like rocket man and people were saying we're going to oh, go to war, war with North Korea. And the missile alarms in Japan like went off like the like the alarms, mm-hmm. whatever. It sounded like emergency missile alarms. And I was just like freaking out. Damn. You're just like, Trump, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if there was like going to be a missile coming over my head or what, because it sounded like at Pearl Harbor or something. Dang. Like the those alarms where they're like cranking it, trying to tell everyone like we're getting attacked. It was it was like that. Man, that, that's insane. That's the only thing I can think of at the moment. <laughs> I've, I've only been in North America. Like one, one of my goals is to – one of my goals is like I, I really want to get uncomfortable. Like I want to be in a third world country and really feel – uncomfortable but what part of mexico were you in i was in mexico city and super americanized um it, i wouldn't even say americanized but it was super it was progressive and okay. i didn't so really it was like it. caters to tourists where everyone can speak yeah English. it was just such a huge city it was just like it was kind of like a not in la but maybe like a section of new york city but it's like i think it's bigger than new york city it's the biggest city in north america Really? Yeah, I've, yeah. I haven't traveled much to Mexico, only to like Juarez once. So I guess my perception of Mexico was different. And I, I wanted to be like put in a situation. Like, I didn't want to obviously die, but I wanted to be like, holy shit, like culture shock. That's what I wanted. And it wasn't really a culture shock. I yeah. saw like, Maybe backcountry, like super backcountry uh, Mexico. Yeah. I mean, you, you see where- crazy stuff like in Asia where people like stack up a bunch of stuff like on the back of a scooter or a bicycle when you're just like, Whoa, like that's great. Like you'd never see that in America. Did, did you have, like any, that. have any like culture shock moments? I mean, maybe it's just like personalities. Some personalities can't get culture shocked. Uh, you, you, Cause you're pretty open. Yeah. Back. Yeah. The traffic, when I went to Vietnam, when I was 15, I was like, Whoa, this is way different. Cause it, but that was also my first time traveling out of the country. Shit. They were it, well, it was scooters because their base, like, okay. America, our base vehicle is like a four door car, right? Like that's, that's like the base. Most mm-hmm. people have like a four-door car. Well, when you go to Asia, most people have a two-wheeled scooter. Like that's their base vehicle. So when you see like a sea of traffic with two-wheeled scooters instead of four-door cars, it's like insane yeah. to me. It was like a, a way different. People running through red lights and it's kind of like that in Thailand, but Thailand has more cars than it did when I went to, when I went to Vietnam, it was like 2004, I think. And that was like a long time ago i think even before like an economic increase in vietnam because they might have more cars over there now but most 
um, most of the, I, I don't want to say poorer countries because to them, maybe they, the, the cost of living is lower. So the incomes are lower. So it's kind of balances more so than comparing it to like an American income. But these other countries, different countries, they'll have different transportation systems like scooters, for instance, because they're, they're cheaper, like a base Honda scooter versus like a Corolla. It's a huge, yeah. get, huge difference in, uh, in, in cost. Yeah, we were going to get some scooters here in Miami. A lot of people have them. <laughs> nice. Like, like the like the really small scooter. I'm sure you're talking about the electrics or the No, no, no. I'm talking about like gas, gotcha. clutch. Like these these are mopeds like basically. Gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. We, this we, we want to get some like little lift scooters. You want to get the electric Yeah, electric scooters were not a thing in 2004. They yeah. were all all gas uh in the and you can smell like how much gases in the air when you get into the did mexico city smell like that like a lot of diesel in the air did it have a different I, smell i didn't notice no okay maybe they don't use diesel there but like you can smell like polluted cities they smell a little bit different like lima had a smell lima lima peru had a different smell bangkok has a different smell um <laughs> vietnam saigon had a different smell japan not so much the pollution wasn't there um but yeah you can like there's this 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 different distinct smell yeah. So on your Instagram, when, when you post like, cause I mean, I, I think I get a gist of like who your audience is, but you post a lot about these different printers and like devices. And it seems like these are for like eBay type sellers. Amazon too. I mean, you guys, don't you, uh, FBA skew stuff? Yeah. But you use the Dymo 450. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So I mean, I, the, the I wish I would have started following you earlier. The so fourth has the 450 given you problems though? Um, the Dymos give us problems like occasionally. I'm not sure if they give us any more problems than any other printer would give us, but like you said, they're overpriced. The and... 450, not so much because that one's only like 60 bucks. But the is it, 450, is it only 60? Yeah, it's 60, 65. I mean, Dymo, yeah. they fluctuate. So the it'll four, be on. The 4XL is the like. 4XL 180. is the one that's overpriced. That's okay. the one that I have a problem with is they should be charging closer to like 125 for what they offer in that printer. And they okay. charge anywhere from like 179 to 300, depending on where you go. Like right. state, if you go to Staples and try to buy one, it's like 300 bucks, which is right. terrible. Yeah. Um, we, and we, we just have, we have like three of them for my listeners. So like they're in our manuals, they're in our troubleshooting documents. So we, I just don't want to change it. Oh, gotcha. So it's in, yeah. it's already in your systems. Yeah. Oh. And like now, now I'm making the book selling course and I'm like, what printer am I going to recommend? And it's like, Ooh, Ooh. That would be- the one I know, you know? Yeah. The, the only thing with those is they're popular because they, everyone started using them, but they actually are poorly designed. The way that they're designed has sensors that can get clogged with yeah. adhesive. And that's probably the issue you've had for high volume sellers. It, high volume sellers are going to experience this more than somebody that just sells the occasional whatever and has to print out the occasional label because they're not doing the volume. Obviously, it's going to be a, a statistic of how often it fails. And when it fails, it fails hard because if that sensor gets adhesive in it, it is a bear to get out if you can yeah. even get it out. Dude, I went hard on I got credit cards. I was getting the yeah. coupon. I was, yeah, I was, and it, they make it so you can't, uh, you can't take it apart. You can't take that part. There's like a little lip. It's a design flaw. It's it's totally a design flaw. And yeah. unless so if you, you if have it's stuck in there, you can't get it out. You have to, like, you can't take it apart. It's you terrible. Have, you have to get a credit card or something. And you see it. And I tell people this, but people are like, oh, my Dymo's never given me problems. And I say, that's okay. Like, I really hope it doesn't. But 
yeah. If, if you're a high volume seller, most people have experienced the problem and there's printers out there that don't have that flaw. Like gotcha. I have one right next to me. I can show you just in, in quick printer, uh, printer speak like, okay. So jam, if you could just open it up like that, how much easier would it be to, to fix a jam? It's like, it's open. Yeah. That's it. The Dymo, you to get the stuff out, the way that it rolls like under stuff, it's just it's poorly designed. And I don't know. There's just better stuff out there. I've had my hands on I don't know 15 probably different thermal printers and figured out which ones are good and which ones are bad. And there are certain applications where ones are better than others. And it depends if you're using I always ask people this, like, are you using an Android phone? Are you using an iPhone? Like, how is your business run? Like, I try to recommend a printer based on their system. Wait, people use phones with their printers? Oh, yeah. I print my eBay labels for my phone. My wife prints the Poshmark labels from her iPad when I had a different printer, but I actually traded that printer for a MacBook because somebody wanted the printer. And I haven't bought another one yet because I have so many printers around me. Interesting. Yeah, you can print uh, shipping labels from the phones. You can print shipping labels from iPads. It just totally depends on. Can you do that with with Dymos too? No, that's that's the thing. You you can't do it with a Dymo. It depends on the languages that the the printers can read. It depends on the languages that they're written in. It depends on. And is it like Wi-Fi? You just depends on the printer. Um, The one in one I just showed you is not Wi-Fi. This is not Wi-Fi. It uses a USB in the back. But it works with Android. I can use a USB-C to regular USB connector. I plug this into my phone and I get printing capabilities from it. Is that advertised on their website, on their Amazon listing? No, but I figured out and it works. Nice. So your name's The College Picker. Why'd you you choose that name? Because back in college was when I started doing the whole like flipping stuff and everyone had a name like with picker back then. Gotcha. (laughs) There was like redneck picker, um, Yankee picker. There was a lot of vintage pickers. So if there's lots of people in college watching, if if you were in college and you're about to graduate and you wanted to not have a job, you wanted to make money doing, doing something that could allow you to travel, doing something that would give you freedom or maybe just some extra money to where you didn't have to work all the time from just from being in the reselling community, from the knowledge you have, what would you recommend they get into? So are they working what they went to school for or no? They're just about to graduate college, let's say. Okay. And- well, I hope that they went to school for like a trade or healthcare because lawyer, engineer, uh, healthcare, or like a tr- some sort of trade, I think are like the only degrees worth even pursuing. Everything else is pretty much a waste of time and money. So I really hope that they went to school for something like that. Not to say that you're not going to meet certain people in college or like have a great experience, but for the most part, like the whole college is a scam thing or people that didn't get any of those degrees for the most part. Um, But so I would say to them, if they want to start a side hustle reselling, what are they good at? What do they enjoy? And to gravitate towards that and to start selling that kind of stuff on eBay. Cause I think that's like the easiest place to start. Gotcha. I think Amazon is like it's data driven, but you have to enjoy data, I guess. And that dopamine from the, the, the phone noise and have access to the books and have a place to process it. 
But eBay is, I think, a little bit more accessible to like anybody. You, does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. They, I mean, they have to. They kind of like they have to know something's worth flipping. Yeah, and that would be where. Okay, I grew up like playing vintage video games, so I know a lot more about vintage video games than the common man, and I would try to use that knowledge to my advantage. Or I grew up fixing people's computers and I don't know, like I would always fix people's computers in school if they had a problem with their phone or even phones, like phone screens or whatever. Um, I don't know, you really have like, you have to kind of niche down and then figure out what you like and then kind of go from there, I think. And that's only one way to do it. There's multiple ways to do it. There's some people that say that like cast a wide net and figure it out, but. What do you like per, someone just doing eBay if they if they really niche down and found something that they're good at flipping how much do you think they can make a year like what oh if, six figures on eBay is stretching it for like the average person if you're trying to clear six like that's not that's not that's that's a far stretch for just like side hustle a casual eBay or like I don't even pull that on eBay and I I do pretty good on eBay sales but you have to like be on it like really really good to pull six figures with yourself or with a team like with six one, figures profit or six yeah like six figures profit i mean even six figure sales if you're thrifting or picking secondhand items you're usually cost of goods are pretty low so your profits are pretty close to your your gross sales gotcha. if you're getting your cost of goods really low but to pull that like with one person is very difficult with two people it's still pretty difficult and it always depends on where you are too like some people don't have access to that inventory right Closer to like 30 to 50K side hustle, I think it's like a lot more uh, attainable for most people. And then an extra $10,000 a year is like easily attainable for anybody. Gotcha. If that puts it in any perspective. And that's just my opinion. That's not like fact. That's just like from what I've seen. Some people crush it like, um, like Renzi on Instagram. They're shoe sellers and they absolutely crush it with shoes. But yeah. they have like the storage and the system and like my wife would kill me if I brought home a million pairs of shoes. I would get dead. Yeah. But she's okay with the laptops and we're doing pretty good with the laptops right now. She like laptops too? She just likes it because they're like small, square, can be stacked, can be like put into a filing cabinet, Yeah, can be put under a bed. I about books. That's what the, my, the first thing I ever tried to flip was a couch. <laughs> Uh, like I got one one item in my inventory, and I was living at my parents' house at the time, and, I, and, and my dad was like, "Nah, <laughs> you, you got to get this out." <laughs> the couch. Uh, I have never flipped a couch. I, I I haven't. I ended up. My dad was like, "Get this out of the house." We, like, we started ironically with motorcycles, but I've never flipped a couch. It's just it's it's like how are you going to build your inventory up? Are you going to get a hundred couches? Like you can exactly. get books easily. Yeah, yeah. you learned that lesson hard, quick. Yeah, and I, I, so he made me give it back to Goodwill, the Goodwill that I bought it from. And then someone messaged me; they're like, "Hey, like I want to buy it because I posted on Craigslist because I forgot to take the posting down, and, and they wanted to buy it for fifty bucks." And I, I was like, "It's at the Goodwill down the road. If you want to go get it." So what, what was this couch like? Uh, was it cloth? Was it leather? It was, it, it was a vintage couch, so I was like, I thought it was going to sell for a lot. 
And you were, what was your plan? Flip it on Facebook Marketplace? Craigslist. Craigslist. I don't even know if I knew about Facebook Marketplace. Dude, Craigslist is dying. That's the thing. Uh, I started on Craigslist, like buying motorcycles off of Craigslist and then selling them back on Craigslist. But Craigslist is like dying. Craigslist it's, is interesting because it's, it's got sh- such a shitty user interface. Yeah. It's, it's gotten, like for whatever reason, it just got so big. Back in the day. Well, there's nothing else back in the day. Gotcha. Yeah. Back in the day, that was where you went. There was no Craigslist was pre-social media. So that's where you went. That was that's where people used to hook up on Craigslist. People people used to hook up on Craigslist. Um, classified ads in newspapers was before Craigslist. That's where people used to post stuff. Classified ads. Craigslist came along, started putting classified ads out of business. Who looks on classified ads on in newspapers anymore? Nobody. Craigslist was like the king. It was simple. It was where people went to look for apartments, to look for jobs, to look for stuff. And there was some spam, but they had a pretty good system in place to kind of try to mitigate fake stuff and to kind of anonymize your phone number and your email address. So it was fairly safe. I know people have been murdered off of Craigslist, but it was fairly safe. And then social media came along. As soon as Facebook Marketplace offer up and let go came out, like they took what needed to be put onto a phone, what Craigslist like could not deliver. And they kind of ha- are like putting Craigslist on the lifeline. Like yeah. they're, they're on a respirator. But what Facebook has going for them is they don't, you can identify someone. Facebook says, you know, so-and-so has had a Facebook profile for eight years. You can see they're legit. You can see their profile yeah, picture. Exactly. Craigslist doesn't have that. Yeah. So F- Facebook was like the perfect platform to compete. With. And even let go and offer up doesn't have that. So that's what yeah. Facebook has going for them. And that's why when anyone asks me on Instagram, like, what do you think about Leco, Facebook, or OfferUp? And then that's what I tell them. I said, Facebook has the user base. They have the the, uh, the engineers behind it to improve it. They have the money. They're a publicly traded stock company. And they have, and they have that, like, safety trust feature yeah. of the face and the profile age that people trust. And that's and, – and the ding, like, the, the messaging on Facebook – it just, for whatever reason, you could like turn your notifications off, but the freaking ding always seems to pop up. But if it let go and offer up, their notifications don't necessarily push as hard as Facebook. Okay. That's interesting. I, you know, you know, Ty Lopez. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Ty Lopez? Uh, I think he sells information that, and uh, it's a good marketer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know anything about his information. A, but- a lot of people just hate him. But I remember uh, one time he like, he made a video and he was like, uh, I, you know how he is. Like he's always like got his fucking mansion behind him and yeah. a bunch of books. But he's like, I turn Airbnb. off. All the, <laughs> I turn off all the notifications on my phone. He pulled his phone out and he showed like he has no notifications. He's like, any entrepreneur should do that. And yeah, after that totally. day, I just I turn all of them off. Yeah, so silent mode, man. If you have a an Android, I'm almost always on silent mode. I, I don't. Get, I get Bumble notifications right now and regular text messages. That's it. Nothing else. Bumble's got the clearance. Yeah, for now. It's, dating apps aren't great, man. You're lucky you're married. Yeah. Uh, we were pre-social media. so that, Oh, no. We were MySpace, I think. Weren't we MySpace? MySpace social media. Yeah. But back in flip phone time. Uh, what phone did I have? I think I had like a Are Nokia. Are people flipping phones now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like flip phones. Oh, flip phones are yeah. are, are flipping phones coming back? Uh, yeah, flip phones. They're they're they've developed a foldable glass, which is actually just like a plastic uh, LCD. But yeah, 
uh, Razer came out with one, and I th- I mean Motorola came out with a, a touchscreen Razer that was flippable, and then I think Samsung came out with one. And will they go anywhere? I don't know, but it's kind of cool. Cool tech. I like the flip phones. It's kind of something to to do. I like the Motorola Razer. Yeah, you said the, the sliding phones. They get all fucked up in the if you if you got sand in them. The ones. That oh yeah. Up. Well, any phone will do that if you throw it in a friggin' sand pit. I mean, the thing about the iPhone is it doesn't have too many holes. It does have that hole you can screw up though. Yeah. Look at this. Check this out. You see that? Just a side. What happened? You drop it? Yeah, I dropped it in the sauna. Is it uh, under warranty? Yeah. Well, I, no, I have insurance on it though. Oh, dude, make an insurance claim. That the phones are supposed to have a certain amount of waterproofing to begin with, and then if you if it just dropped it and doesn't have a lot of physical damage to it, like I would just try to make an insurance claim. And if it didn't crack the screen, like it shouldn't break the phone. I don't know. You think it's like two hundred dollars to replace? That's what they said. Yeah, that's like one textbook. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I know. Two textbooks. I don't know. People aren't buying textbooks now. All the homeschool kids, none of them want textbooks. I guess everything's online now. Yeah. Well, May's May's about to be around the corner, so hopefully this whole thing will clear up. Yeah. So as far as building like a social audience uh, on Instagram and. You, I guess YouTube's what you did first because oh yeah, you really yeah. Didn't work hard for Instagram, I guess, because you said it just organically came about. I, I mean, the first the first two thousand people, I didn't do anything for. I yeah. posted some pictures. I didn't understand how Instagram works. Now I have a feeling how Instagram works. Okay, so let's focus this question towards YouTube. How do you how do you build a big YouTube channel? What do you do? I don't have a big YouTube channel, so that's not a good question for me. How many subscribers do you have? Uh, let me check. I think it's like twenty something. That's pretty good. I mean that's not huge, but yeah, it's not a big. I have twenty one point five. It's not you a big have a YouTube. Videos that that did pretty well, right? Like sixty thousand or something. Uh, my most is I think six hundred thousand. Regardless, you, I'll, you have, have, I'll have a one million uh, imagine, cake for YouTube or something. Imagine walking in a room of twenty thousand people. Yeah, that that's the mentality I have to use on my videos when I only get two hundred views because I think of like a room of two hundred people watching the video. Yeah. ridiculous yeah and out of those 200 people let's be real probably 40 you probably 40 percent of the people watch the whole video maybe 30 percent. that's still insane it's mm-hmm. six people Imagine you have to have that you have to have that mentality and if i had that how old are you like 23 24 oh dude if i had that mentality at 24 i'd be like 10 years ahead of where i am right now because i didn't have that gotcha that that was like within the last three years i probably like, you, thought let of me that. ask you uh how many people watch your instagram story it depends some some days are some days are less than others i think i peaked at 2700 nice but i averaged between like 2000 like 2500 that's solid for 12 point i think dude that profile picture is so old too that's which is crazy it's like it just like stands out I had my mom take a picture of me with all these Nerf guns like years ago. And then it was a background of her room. And I eventually like took it out and then just had the Nerf guns and uh, okay. just had it ever since. Regardless, you, you have how many, you have 11,000 people, 12,000. How many people do you have on Instagram? 12,500. 12, and you were of, just at like, you just hit 10 recently. You just cracked it not too long ago. Yeah, I think December, um, either November or so, December. So you're qualified for this. Stop, stop being humble. Um, what advice do you have for people to, to build a social following? 
Okay. I, I, I've actually put a lot of thought into Instagram. So I do have advice okay. for people that are trying to build their Instagram. Uh, first thing you need to do is make a spread. You have to have your pictures that it has to be kind of clean. And this is just advice. This is not saying you, this is the only way to do it, but you have to have a clean spread of like an idea of what people are going to get. Like you can't just start building without any pictures, right? You have to have a spread, the album. You got to have an album with at least 20 pictures that are clean that kind of tell people what they're getting themselves into. If it's going to be like travel, you're not going to be like a bunch of travel pictures and then like a bunch, of, a bunch of books. Mark's been coming in hard with all these comments. <laughs> he said, yes, <laughs> sweet profile. I'm not even in the chat. I feel t- terrible. I should open up the chat so I can see people, but thanks Mark. Um, so you got to get your spread so people know what they're signing up for, right? It's kind of similar to a Bumble profile. You got to put some thought into it. You want people to, to see what you're about with the like least amount of effort. So I'm kind of about flipping. So I got pictures of like hats. I've got pictures of electronics and I do some giveaways. I got some giveaways. Yeah, you, like, you do with that. So I try to have a couple of clean pictures to show people, okay, it's professional. It's It's kind of what I'm doing. And then... After you have your album, you don't have to have a ton because no one's going to, they're only going to see like the first, what? Uh, how, how many first ones do you see like when you're in somebody's profile? You, fir- you only, first you only see three and then you're going to get like one person maybe to do that. So you yeah. need to have those to be kind of what you're about. And I think yours is already like that. Like it tells you what you're about. So. When people have no pictures and they're expecting people to follow them. Dude, I post so much. So yeah. it's always changing. I'm not good about those posts. I, I focus more on stories now, which gotcha. I learned from Snapchat. Cause I was big on Snapchat for a while, just with my friends and family, like making funny stuff, gotcha. but th- there's no search on Snapchat. So I took it all to Instagram. I was like, there's no point in me doing this all on Snapchat when Instagram's the same thing now. Cause they came out with stories. So I switched search. No, on, no. Sa- on, on Snapchat, there's no there's no hashtags or anything, oh, okay. right? Like there's uh, no there's no searchability. At least there wasn't yeah. when I was on it. Maybe there is now, but there wasn't then. They have the map. You can zoom out on the map. So it was my theory for a while. I was always gonna like you can uh, you can do something to where like if you like that's how you get videos to go viral on Snapchat. Like if you're downtown Miami, you go to like the red zone or whatever. And if you make like the best video, like downtown Miami, like like some girl throwing up, it's likely to push that to everyone else. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, now I remember. So Snapchat had like geolocations for yeah. stories in certain areas. Yeah. yeah that, that was like the only way of that like, was the only way to get like organic traffic. But still, yeah. people there are searching for entertainment. They're not searching for people to follow. Right. They're just like, what's going on here? They're not like, uh, Instagram's more of like, I think searchable than Snapchat as a whole. That's why I started focusing on Instagram. So, um, you got your spread. You're going to want to engage with people that are in your niche. You're going to want to tag them, DM them with thoughtful questions. Um, not just like, Hey, how, how do I get started? Or I don't know. Like I, 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 all questions are good, but you want the, the more thoughtful the question is, I think I always am more like, wow, this person really like thought out this question. Like I'm going to prioritize them when I answer it. Yeah. So p- you start reaching out as a creator to other creators, maybe in, in a similar following, maybe you reach out to like the people in like the thousand or the 5,000 following. If you're at a couple, if you're at like two to 300 followers and you're trying to get like climb up. So you're going to want to like tag and, and like make these people laugh. You're going to want to engage with, it's all about engagement. You're, you're providing some sort of value 
to these other creators if you want to get a shout out. Like you got to make them laugh with something or really do something very thoughtful and try to engage with them because those shout outs are going to get people that are already in that niche to see your name. So that's one thing that uh, I figured out that other people are doing. I don't think I really like had a plan to do it, but I've like just engaged with people and I've noticed like that has happened. Yeah. So other people in my niche have been like, oh, this guy's funny or he's got really good stories. So they started like shouting me yeah. out. Like, oh, cool. Instagram now has like the mentions. Like when you log in, it tells you how many people mentioned you. And I think that's a great metric. To yeah, it is. That totally is. Because it's like how many people are like talking about you and mentioning yeah. you in stories. So from from ground zero, start talking, trying to talk to people. And the main thing is you just have to start trying to add value, like in some sort of way or fashion. I try to add value with stories. My actual posts like aren't that valuable. It's kind of, I use the posts for comment generators for giveaways for the most part, but um, try to add value in some sort of way to- People love, people love the free giveaways, man. Oh yeah, the, the Gucci purse I think was the freaking craziest one. That was 10,000 subscribers. Go to the, the Gucci purse one. Uh, how far down is it? Uh, you're like, how far? How much work do I have to do? <laughs> um, it's not that far because I don't, it's on the, it's the sixth paper, uh, six or the sixth post. Okay. One, okay. I see it. Wow. Yeah. They engage me on that one's insane. People love Gucci purses. That's what I learned from it. That was my 10,000 giveaway. It was a purse worth about 400 bucks, something like that. I bet that. your female following ratio is pretty high. That's the thing is um, I actually get more female followers on Instagram than I do on YouTube by a long shot. What's your, uh, do you know what your ratio is? It's like 54 or 55 female, something like okay. that. Yeah. The clothing guys, they have more female followers. They have like 60% men on Instagram and then 90% men on YouTube. Yeah. I, I think I have like 75% guys watching me on YouTube and then most women watch me that's, on that's Instagram for YouTube. Cause I think YouTube's already 90% guys. So <laughs> I, 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 I think that's actually the metric. I think it's like 90% of users on YouTube are men, something like that. Um, so back to Instagram following, there's a theory that blue pictures like do better. Yeah, I've heard that. Blue, um, also like engaging on other people's posts, giving other people likes. Um, there's, I don't do this, but some people do do it. They do follow and then they unfollow later. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's one of the most uh, ethical ways to do it, but some people have done it in the past that I know. Would you, and would you, out of all the people, I honestly think your Instagram probably has like, top 5% out of everybody I follow, like engagement wise, like it's very, it's what you would expect for someone with 12,000 followers. Whereas like a lot of these people have like doubt, like tens of thousands of followers, but like very little engagement. Yeah. And, and they might've bought them. They might've done the whole automated uh, follow unfollow hashtag thing where you like, you buy a program that will follow a hashtag and then it will like all the pictures for, for you. And then it will uh, follow all the followers for you and then unfollow later but that's all just like gray hat bat black hat stuff it's not organic um the most organic way to do it is literally just you have to spend time on the app engaging with so people what what is your goal with social media um that's a good question i haven't even like thought of that let me uh, i want i want an answer for that what's like what's the biggest thing you've gotten so far from social media What's, what's been the most ROI? like monetary towards me or just like just helping feel, like the feeling of helping somebody to me okay. is great. Yeah. Just, yeah. um, 
I what I want what I really want to be is a source where people can come to me and trust me for electronics and somehow to scale that. Okay. Scaling that as in like the 30 to 50,000 mark. What do you mean? Time? As far as scaling, what do you mean by scaling? Like scale it to uh scale it to more than what I'm doing right now, I guess. Oh, oh, you're saying scale it for yourself. Yeah, we'll scale it to like because for me right now I can only do as much as I'm doing. Like I, I want to be able to, because a lot it's crazy, dude. People trust me on Instagram. I've had people Venmo me. I've had someone Venmo me six hundred and sixty dollars today. I've actually met her before, but I've had people that have never met me Venmo me like eight hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, a thousand dollars. It's crazy. Like it blows my mind. But they trust me, and I'm not going to screw them over. Like like. I've learned about this in psychology. Like people, you can look at someone's face and you can tell a lot about them just from looking at their face. Really? Yeah. You, like, like I could show you different. <laughs> I could show you different faces of people, and you could tell me I trust him, I don't trust him, I trust her, I don't trust her. But oh. when you can see someone talk, and and you see what they're doing on Instagram, that's another level of trust. And then when you can go through their posts, like the free giveaway. You're, Free, free giveaways you're doing and they see how much engagement are on those posts. They know that there's that much engagement because you actually give away what you say you're going yeah. to. You actually fulfill. So, so there's it from one point, one perspective, it's like, Oh wow. Like people trust me so much. But from another perspective, it's like you have all like, they basically know who you are. They've probably heard you talk collectively for like an hour after watching all your stories for a couple months, you know, so they feel like they know you. That makes sense. Yeah. It blows, still just blows my mind regardless for anyone to like Venmo somebody money that they've never met. It's just right. crazy to me for like a, a product <laughs> no, they've they never seen. You have no idea who they are, but they feel yeah. like they you. So I want to, I want to be able to like use my skills, which I'm been learning. What are my like skills and attributes that I'm actually like really good at, which is, being trustworthy, fulfilling what I can do, finding computers, uh, finding good computers, I guess. So I'm trying to figure out those things and then like how to monetize that skill, I guess, and help other people at the same time. Gotcha. And if, even if that is not scalable, maybe by growing enough people that want that, that I could get like a sponsorship for a giveaway or something and that would... I don't know. By having the following, it gives you enough power to like leverage with companies eventually. So maybe I could like give away a car, something, I don't know, something like that. The the thing is like with these, like, cause I'm doing Amazon, you're doing. I do Amazon. I'm like, dude, I do Amazon too. I sell on Amazon. I've seen seen your sales the other day. You sold like $800. Eight hundred dollars. It was like two and like three items or two items. Yeah, <laughs> you're like we we focus on high dollar items. Yeah. Um, but the thing I, with all I these models, Amazon. <laughs> nice. Uh, the thing with all these models is like you have you have the model of flipping stuff, whether it's selling on Amazon, whether it's going to pawn shop, selling on uh, Facebook Marketplace uh, or Craigslist. Um, who else is there? Who eBay? There's eBay, there's the Bonafide Hustler. And then there's like eight other clothing platforms, right? There's yeah, like- my wife does uh, Poshmark. So I'll bring Poshmark. some stuff for her if I see it. So the cool thing about taking your camera out and doing the whole Gary V thing, are you a Gary V fan? He's okay. I mean, he's okay. <laughs> he's okay. He's a little intense for me sometimes. He but- he's super fucking intense. <laughs> to record everything you do. Your grandchildren. Yeah. I mean, I think his models 
his models work for some people. I don't think it will work for everybody, but they work for some people. The thing, the thing is like what I was getting at is we all have like our actual businesses. And then if for those of us that choose to document it, that could potentially turn into another source of income. I'm about to sell a course. So that's another source. source oh, yeah. For me is my course. But even without the course, if we just look at uh, if, you, if we look at your audience, your business has an audience. Uh, your business's audience for you is the people buying the computers. That's why I was asking if you had a buy list, which you don't. But Facebook Marketplace. I tried the buy. Like you mean like my my followers or like local local people? Just like, local people. Just people. We, oh, no, I'm I'm starting to with the guy that I met today. Like I actually have his phone number. Um, I've sold to one guy in Facebook Marketplace twice, but he noticed that I was the same seller, and then he contacted me and was like, "Hey, I want to get this other computer from you." I was like, "Okay." Um, but I'm not like searching them out. I let them find me. Gotcha. I don't know if computers are like, are like property where you'd have like a buyer's list, but gotcha. I tried it on Instagram, but there were too many people being flaky. Like I, I put up a, a Google sheet and I said like, fill out what you're looking for, your price range, like what you're going to use it for. I tried this year. I think it was a year, a year and a half ago. It was, uh, I called it the wish list or something. And I had them fill out the form. They went to the link, filled out the form and gave me a bunch of things that they were looking for. And I would look in price ranges and I would look for it. And then people would just never message me back. So I was like, okay, this idea sucks. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause there's not a whole lot of brand behind that one. When I can post something on my story and somebody buys it in 15 seconds, like that's, I like that buyer. I don't like me DMing like 10 people that aren't going to message me back. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And now you have like, yeah, now you have choice with your following and you have, you have brand. But what I was getting at is like with our actual businesses, at least like with me, like I'm dealing with libraries, <clears throat> thrift stores. Now I'm dealing with like a lot of other resellers, which I've kind of like merged my uh, restricted so inventory. Yeah. Inventory.com. The, the, the bicep <laughs> coming out, right? He's like, yeah. Hold on one second. Watch this. Grind hard. Well done, sir. And welcome to the freaking well show. Yes. Yeah, baby. You threw the ad in there. Restrictedinventory.com. But the thing that's so interesting about documenting our journeys is a video, a picture, over time, just our profiles can get so much traffic. You have 2,000 people. You have 2,000 eyes. And out of that 2,000 eyes, it's probably a different – like over the week, it's probably – five or 7,000 people watching you. Cause it's yeah, cause not the same person over and over again, different people each yep. day. Like it's ridiculously um, scalable. I mean, it's scalable, but I guess it, it doesn't take any more effort for you posting your pictures now than it did when you had 2000 followers. And now you have 12,000, you post a picture, same exact effort. You still have to upload it to your phone. You still have to click. Okay. Boom, go. But a much different result. Um, when it comes to, physical businesses and even just like flipping businesses. I think the reason why so, so many of us gravitate towards a personal brand and, and documenting this whole thing is uh, if you look at businesses as having different landscapes, the flipping landscape and selling on Amazon, selling on eBay, that landscape's nice. We, you can make money on it quick, but the landscape of social media and just online in general, uh, it can grow so much faster. It's prolific and it's, it, it, it can, it can skyrocket quick where if I was to experience the same amount of growth in my business as I was with my following, let's say I have 1500 people that visit my profile on Instagram one week 
And then next, like, let's say next year I have, let's say 10,000 people visit my profile that that's exponential growth mm -hmm. in my business. And this is like, my business is directly tied with Instagram. Now, if we experience that type of growth, which is, you know, seven X, um, I'm going to have to hire probably five to seven times as many employees as I have now. I'm going to have to, and if you're a one man army, you're going to have to work five to seven times harder. Like when your business scales, you get what I'm saying? Like as, mm -hmm. as this business, as our physical businesses scale, like our inventory businesses to, to see that kind of growth that social media is capable of overnight, we would have to put dramatic systems in place to be able to handle it. Whereas I think we all intuitively know that social media just has the ability to, to, to go. Yeah. To you, you don't need the square footage of a warehouse. You need the square footage of a phone in your pocket. It's exactly. crazy. Yeah. And absolutely. And you know, just talking about this on here, like uh, having the mentality of walking in a room and actually realizing like even 20 people, dude, mm -hmm. even 20 people really paying attention, even five, even one person. Like I like just Steve over there listening to it. <laughs> right. It's like, it means something. So uh, totally, totally. And you have to have that outlook. You can't, you can't see it and be like, oh man, I'm only getting 20 people watching. And that guy is getting 200 people watching. That guy is getting 2000 people watching. You have to be thankful for those 20 people that are watching your stuff and just be like, wow, they're watching my content. Something that I came out of my head and put on the internet, they're watching it. And you have to be very thankful for it. Otherwise it's going to drive you insane. I've been in the whole comparison toxicity. Like it's not, it's not the way to go. It's not going to yeah. help anybody. What's interesting to me, like on, just while we're on the topic of, of making money and we're talking about social media and our actual businesses, you're, you're not interested in having like an information product. I'm working on one. I am. I've okay. kind of put it on hold because of the whole coronavirus stuff. Yeah. I don't want to be like drop, <laughs> dropping it when like everyone's tight for money. I don't think that's a good time to call it, drop a course unless you're going for people that are like, more in desperation trying to make money maybe it would be a good yeah. time to drop a course interesting yeah but i think uh, it's gonna help out as bad as that sounds like in the long run there's gonna be more people that want to make money online so that's well you it, it hedges your risk if you have a nine to five and you think you're always gonna have that job well you could get laid off at any time but having information in your head where you can take that information or that skill or that process and system and turn it into money, it like hedges your risk of your, your job, of your life. It just makes you a more confident person because you can, you can, you can uh, sustain, like confidence comes from the ability to like survive in situations. Yes. Yeah. And if you, if, if you're not able to survive, you're, you're not going to be confident. Like if you're not, I don't know if you, if you're not gonna be able to feed yourself, you're not gonna be a confident person. If you're not gonna be able to stand up for yourself and give an answer, you're not gonna be a confident person, but having, the confidence that you can do something if you got fired is, is like huge. Right. That's why like, I'm, I'm envious of you in a sense, because you are a pharmacist. You like, you have the ability to go back and have a job at any time you want to. Uh, it's kind of saturated right now, but, but thanks. <laughs> uh, it would be really hard for me to get a job in Florida because it's so saturated with pharmacists. Um, okay. I'd have to move to like a kind of rural area somewhere and take if just you had like, to get a job right now. Yeah. Where would you, what would you do? I would go back to the res if it was up to me. I liked working on the res and okay. working so you, you, the, the contract. Yeah, yeah I, I could go do that if I wanted to, but it like a good city, because a lot of people don't want to live on the res. They want to live in like a good city with stuff to do with like airports and stuff. And when you're on the res, you don't have any of that. I, I kind of like I, I said I was envious of you because of that. Like, but I don't think I think if I would have had a job, 
I don't like I would not have learned nearly as much as I have about- as fast as you had too. Dude, yeah. the thing is, is like you're. I was still in school at 24 and I hadn't like understood like how Instagram works. I didn't understand how YouTube works. I'm still not understanding how YouTube works. Like I'm still yeah, trying to figure people in here right now. It's, it's insane. Like yes, how many people, two people. I, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> Thanks guys. Oh, I didn't post anything on, I should have probably posted on social. I didn't know we were going live. I thought we were pre-recording. Dude, dude I'll be something. like walking around it, it, it. I get followers when I'm on my phone. Like I'll be like downtown Nashville, just like leaving salsa and like 20, 30 people will come in, but we got junk man in here. What's up junk man, which res Navajo nation. It was uh up in page was where the last one I was at reservation. Yeah. YouTube's weird, man. YouTube's tripping out right now. I don't know why maybe it's the coronavirus thing going on. Well, if people have to physically like do something to servers to like keep them going, I don't know how automated social media actually is. Like we think it's just like this super scalable system, but there are people behind it, like maybe pulling strings, doing stuff yeah, we just don't know about. Sure. But yeah, what I was getting at is like, have, I, I think it's like a deadly duo when you have a job, but you also have a side hustle that you're good at mm-hmm. because then you have like the consistent income, but you also have like you you also have income from your side hustle um but i know a lot of people that try to get into the side hustle with the job and they just never end up really getting good at it they don't know how to pull the trigger and it might be because they're too comfortable with what they're doing in their job and they they just don't want to go all in and going all in like what you guys are doing i'm kind of envious because it's like well if i if i started youtube back when i was a freshman in college like i'd probably would be way ahead of where i am right now I would be understanding social media way better. Like if I would, if I was doing YouTube while I was like wrenching on motorcycles and like teaching people, cause I don't know why, but I like teaching people about this like weird stuff. If I learn about it, I just want to like teach it to other people. So yeah. if I learn about the printers, like I'll do a tutorial for somebody and then somebody will find it and they'll be so thankful because it made their life a little bit easier. And that's kind of what I've been just going after. It's just as small as I can just to try to like add value to somebody's life regardless. Have you uh, have you ever paid for information? I guess you went to college. Yeah, <laughs> I paid like <laughs> seventy grand for my degree. There's this weird thing that because I'm kind of like you, I, I just I, I love helping people and I, I love like explaining things, but I also I want people to actually take action on what I say. Like I really want people to like take what I say and not just be like, oh yeah, like whatever. And it kind of like hurts me. Like when I make a YouTube video, I'm like 2000 people watched it. And I know, I know they're not, even though they're competing with me because I'm teaching them how to do what I do. Like they're arguably competing with me. It's still like, I still want everyone to like do what I say for some reason. Yeah. But a, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of them yeah. actually take action. But they say uh, uh, there's, there's this new term I learned. It's called a tripwire. Uh-huh. You I know what tripwire is. You make a product and you sell it for dirt cheap. You sell it for like less than 10 bucks. Or you give it away for free or whatever. Or- yeah. I think now like you want to charge a little bit is what I've heard. This is like the theory. You want mm-hmm. someone to buy from you at least mm-hmm. once because when they invest in you, number one, they're actually going to do what you say. So if you, if I gave away, I'm doing a seven day challenge. So if I gave away that seven day challenge for free, great. Maybe 2% of people take action on it, maybe 10%. But if I make people pay for it, the pe- and let, let's, this is not ever going to happen, but let's say we in a perfect world, like those same 100 people, paid for the course that would have taken it for free. If we looked at those two parties, the one that paid a hundred bucks or the one that not a hundred bucks, the hundred people that paid nothing 
and the 100 people that paid $7, the ones that paid $7 are going to end up completing the full course, taking action because they feel like they invested in it and they want to get something out of it. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole gym membership mentality. Like you have to have skin in the game. You have to be paying for it. Like you, apartment complex gym or $10 a month, $20 a month, $30 a month, actually $70 a month gym. Which one are you going to go to more? Like free apartment complex gym or $70 a month gym? Right. You're going to go to the $70 a month gym if you're paying so for it. So I'm like, I don't know if altruistically is like the right word, but I want to I want to charge people $7 for this product to for, so they actually- Yeah, no, and, that's, and that's perfectly fine. Like that's-, that's And I, I want them to do it so so they, they'll know me because I'm going to start introducing people to the book game and I want them to get into the book game and know Romer the Romer is the person that taught them in books. And then later down the line, I can sell them my course, but I want to get them in the game and let them know, Hey, like I'm legit, like this is information. And if I offered the information for free, they wouldn't, some of them would know I was legit because some of them would go through it, but they wouldn't take it as seriously. And not yeah. as many people would know how legit it was because more people are going to take it. It helps them and it helps you. Like it's a win-win because you're obviously making some money off it. They're obviously going to be taking it a lot more seriously. So it really is like a win-win giving away information for free has its place. And not necessarily, like you said, not a lot of people take action, but for what I'm doing, like specifically with like a printer tutorial, it's like, I couldn't charge for this anyways. I'm getting, I'm basically just, it's search algorithm. Nobody's made the content yet. I can, I can rank number one very easily on stuff. So I'm just kind of going after that on YouTube or on Google. Nice. So I'll I'll rank really high and uh, believe it or not, the CPM on printer videos is like really good. And that's, uh. What's CPM standard? cost per mille? It's like the advertising rate. Gotcha. Yeah. So Did I've been getting crazy YouTube month where you just like you like you made like a ton of money. Never, never, never. Uh, I'm I'm totally not like scared to talk about it. I make like three hundred to four hundred dollars. I think might be like a good month. It'd be like four hundred. It's not a lot at all. Just curious how long you would get to post in Instagram to come live to YouTube. I guess he, is he asking how many people you have to have to get the swipe up? Is that what he's asking? I'm not sure. If you could clarify that, maybe like if I posted on Instagram, how many people would come look into the live? How long? Like how many converted people would come to the live? Is how long would you get to post an IG to come to live on YouTube? I don't. I don't. I'm, if you, Mark, if you could uh, rephrase the question. What are you talking about, Mark? <laughs> Yeah, man, did we cover all, all three topics? World traveler, uh, pawn shopper. Pawn shopping. Pharmacist. We haven't talked about. <laughs> it's a good profession. It's a little saturated right now. You're guaranteed to make like 90 to like 120 to $130,000 a year pre-tax. Um, schools cost anywhere between 60 to $300,000. Uh, you need a do prerequisites, which is like two to three years. And then you have to do four years of actual pharmacy school. So you're going to be like six years invested, but you're, what if you just spent all that time selling pharmacy textbooks? Exactly. (laughs) Or creating social media content. Like there's a, there's a million ways to get rich and make money. Uh, Nine to five is one of the easier ways, I think, because it's just, it's been proven before us. And I don't know, it's kind of what our parents expect too. Yeah. So all my dad told me to do is like go to pharmacy school. My dad's a pharmacist. It's like family business, I guess. Nice. 
I'm not by any means upset with it. Like it's a good thing to have in my back pocket. I talked about this on, on Instagram live. Like um, I have some, like if thrift stores close, if like if books dry up for this COVID thing, say for three months and healthcare is in need, I'm glad I have a healthcare degree. Like it's a good, it was a good risk. Right. Like, does, does your dad have the same deal where he kind of like- He has no side hustle, no. <laughs> what I'm saying, like contracts? Is, is oh, that- no, no, no. He works He works hospital. He's he's done like work for Walmart, CVS, Eckerd's back when Eckerd's was a thing. Um, he, he He's not that smart with his money, so he has to work. Gotcha. Like forced to work. I like the idea of choosing to work. Gotcha. Does he- really enjoy working he enjoys pharmacy he likes he, he works night shift right now so it's really hard on his body but yeah, he is. enjoys the science like he went to pharmacy school when pharmacists made like 10 bucks an hour like before it blew up with the with like the good pay and everyone wanted to be a pharmacist like he did it for the love of the interest of, of the science yeah i think uh yeah, there's there's tons of people that want to be farmers. Dude, stop playing with your mic. It's all like Oh, is it loud? Yeah, it's just oh, like you could just hear it. Yeah. It's this is so cool. It like it opens up. Yeah, all all that uh vibration goes straight into the condenser. Yeah. I just yeah. completely screwed the podcast up. I'm sorry, guys. But it's like me fiddling with this. I don't know if you can oh, hear, it. hear it. Yeah. Get my straight to the condenser. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so they said it quickly because you've only been doing it for like 20 seconds. <laughs> um, Anything else? Uh, Instagram tips? Uh, answer all your DMs because I didn't do that at first. I, I didn't know where the DMs were. Answer <laughs> your DMs. Yeah. For like the first four years on Instagram, I don't think I knew where how to do DMs because wow. I just had a profile. Interesting. Um, I mean, you seem like a smart guy, even though you said you weren't. Um, I'm just kidding. Well, to be smart with Instagram, you need to understand how the program works. And I didn't understand how the program works. So, um, what, what books do you recommend to people and what just in general, what are your, what's your favorite book? Oh gosh. Uh, I mean, I could go with the Bible cause it's like a lot of wisdom in there. Um, but a lot of people don't, what part might, of the Bible might, have, might then start with the new Testament. <laughs> Proverbs are good. Proverbs have a lot of wisdom. New Testament's good. It's it's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of life advice. It's like pretty, pretty uh, like old school, I guess. But junk man, I thought he was touching himself when yeah. I was the mic. Um, the success principles was one that Steve actually put me onto. That was a good book. I think that was a, a very eye opening book. Have you read that one? The success principles. I did not know who who writes it. Uh, uh the guy from Chicken Soup from. The chicken soup guy. I forget his name. Jack something. Okay. I got to Google it now since I don't know. Um, the success principles. You and me both. Whoa. Jack Canfield, maybe? Jack Canfield. Oh, I almost got it. Okay. Jack Canfield. That was a good one. Um it just depends. Like you really have to, what, what you want to get better. You want to get better at negotiating, read a negotiating book. You want to get better at your finances, read a finance book. I've heard the giant with the giant within it's Tony Robbins. Is, it's good. I haven't read that one yet. No, no fiction. Um, I'm in Lord of the Rings right now. I've been stuck on uh, the first book 
uh, at the Council of Elrond. I've been stuck there. It's a tough read. I've been stuck there for like six months now. Oh, but Dude, my dad read that book to me out loud when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah. Your dad's a legend because that's patience, man. And yeah, I'm I'm stuck on the Council of Elrond. It's just too many people talking and I, I couldn't focus on it. And I've just kind of oh, put, it, yeah. put it down. Um, scene. The Eyes of Darkness by Kuntz. Okay. Have you heard that one? I saw. <laughs> you my, see it blow up from the virus. My my mentor Caleb Ross sold that book for like hundred bucks. Yeah, that's the uh, the virus one. I'm just messing. I haven't read that, but it's just kind of funny because that's circling around social media right now, and I thought it was kind of relevant to the book. What's it about? It's about the coronavirus. It's like a prediction that some dude, some fiction writer, did back in the whenever he wrote it. He didn't term it. He didn't call it that, did he? It's called Out of the Dark. It's called Out of the Darkness, I think. Okay. It's by Kuntz. It's like a, a Stephen King kind of okay. doomsday writer, or the writer wrote this specific book about this doomsday scenario, and it was very specific. I think about like China and the virus coming out of China, and okay. everyone's buying the book now because it's crazy. Gotcha. Interesting. I want to look that up now. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Out of the Darkness, and the author's Kuntz or Kuntz, C O O or K O O N. Out of the darkness. Dean Kuntz. The eyes of the darkness. Sorry, okay. the eyes of darkness. The eyes of darkness. Eyes of. I'm I think that's a PDF version. You're gonna go read it. Are you a fiction reader? Not really. I read The Alchemist. I like Paulo Coelho. I think I read The Alchemist. So uh-huh. this is what's going on with this book. It used to be a two dollar book. So this is what's going on with it. This is eBay. Yeah, so think of how crazy it went on Amazon. I don't know why that one's three dollars. That might be a uh, yeah, it's probably a PDF version, a PDF or something. Somebody's selling illegally, but yeah, the auctions are like wow. in the eighties, hundreds, sixties. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. You could have seen this coming. You could have really made a lot of money different ways. Buy up all the two dollar books. Yeah, totally. It's hindsight's twenty twenty. Everyone would be a billionaire if they could understand exactly how the market works, exactly when the market hits of everything. It would be crazy. Even like the stocks right now, it's crazy. If you would have shorted what a week or two ago, you'd be way in the green of so much money just by shorting a bank or shorting an airline industry or whatever. Crazy. What's your opinion on the whole stock market? I think it's a great way to build wealth. But um, I mean, like, do you, as far as it's decreased 10,000 points, do you think it's... Oh, as of right now, um, it's going to be a temporary hurdle that... Do you think it's going to be like a six-month recovery or... Six uh, it's all speculation. I I hope and that it will be less than six months. Yes. Because, like, if it's... any if. If the stock market reflects anything of like the infection cycle in a per- person, like on a bigger scale, it would be like you get it, you feel really bad, and then you start getting better and better and better and better and better. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I can't make any predictions, but hopefully less than six do, months. Do you, uh, do you have much uh, invested? I do. Yeah. Okay. I have uh, some sizable, terrible investments like Ford Motor Company which has just kept going down since I bought it. And I think they just cut their dividend. 
and now I'm what's called a bag holder, meaning like you just held it until it kept going down, 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 hoping that it would go back up, but it hasn't. But the uh, the true way to actually build wealth with, with the investments is to buy index funds over time without emotion, just with discipline. Like it's picking four times a year or every month or whatever, like with this consistency to say, I'm going to buy $1,000 worth of this index fund, uh, which basically tracks the market. You're going to buy it the same time every month or every two weeks, no matter what, and take the emotion out of it. And you will average to have 10% gains over a period of time if wow. you if you can do that. And and that's what Warren Buffett stresses is like, you can't beat the market. Like 99% of the people can't beat the market. So just buy the indexes and um, be consistent about it and you'll be good. Just don't sell because the people that panic sell are the ones that lose. Dave Ramsey says it good too is the stock market's like a roller coaster. The only people that get hurt are the ones that jump out. Interesting. So with, with, with the stock market, are you supposed to like, cause I don't know much about it. Are you supposed to like, uh, they pay, what, what's it called when they pay you? Dividends. Dividends. Okay. Yeah. So are you supposed to strategically sell at a certain point or like just. So with dividends is you just, you basically just get paid for holding that stock. Right. So I own Ford. Ford paid like a six or something percent dividend. So if the, the stock share price is $10, I get 6% of that divided over however many quarters the dividends paid out. It's usually quarterly. So 6% of 10, which is like 60 cents, right? Divided by four. So I get, uh, well, I should have done it easier than that. But whatever 60 divided by four is, I get no 15 so I get 15 cents every three months for owning one share of that essentially would be kind of like what, how a dividend works. Okay. And you can tell that dividend to like go back into the stock or you can get yeah, it in cash or whatever. Yeah. So, so that's essentially like profit. Yeah. For just holding it, but you're holding the company. You, you owning a piece of that company is, could be a risk because the company could be worth less or it could gain. So that's why an index is like an index means uh, like spread out over a bunch of stuff. What's up, Steve? Smash that like button. Uh, the index is like spread out over a bunch of different companies and industry. So it like lowers the risk. So it's basically a lot less risky. That's why they say to do that. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm going to be investing pretty soon. Steve's yeah. over here. Look at uh, VOO is the index fund that I buy. A lot of VOO. It's called VU. It's a Vanguard index fund with really, really low uh, fees, and it's it just follows the S and P five hundred. So. All right, <laughs> you're like you're like I don't know any of this stock stuff. It's I didn't I was there too, man. About five years ago is when I started like starting to read about the stock stuff, and it's really important because it's I think real estate stocks and then like selling physical or digital products are all ways to build wealth and the, however good you are at all of them can like determine how how fast you get into it or how high you get it, it's nice because with the products you have to put so much energy effort and systems in place mm -hmm. with the dividend. stock is set it and forget it yeah that's what i love about the the stocks and the dividends it's like yeah. set it and forget it if you can have the stomach to watch the downturn like what's going on right now um that's how you get paid for like watching and having a stomach ache. You just have to get through it and it'll eventually go, will go back up if you are investing correctly and not like penny stocks and 
your money's literally working for you. And the bigger your money is, the harder it works. So like $10,000 works a lot less than a million dollars. Totally. It's crazy. It's crazy. You need to get on it. Open up. You're 24, dude. Yeah, for sure. Open up your IRA, or a Roth IRA and start That's contributing and buying index Mark, funds. Mark Corbett just said that. Yep, exactly. He's 24, so he's going to be an automatic millionaire. Is that the number? Mm-hmm. Junk man says, can I come crash your place with you and Steve? Come as long sleep. as you wear a mask. Yeah. Come sleep on this couch. You got you to you gotta bring some sauceras for us, though, because I'm tired of dancing with Steve. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's mess around with this real quick. I'm going to get a little outro in. Actually, I'll end this with the outro. How about we do that? I'll, I'll test my skills. All right. Where can they find you at? They can find you at? Um, at the college picker on Instagram until I change my handle at one point. You're going to change it? Eventually. I think I, I will. I'll probably change it to my name at one point. Hmm. Interesting. I, I don't know if yeah. it's, it's debatable. I don't know. I my, my wife hates the name, so we'll probably eventually really? change it to just my, my name. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. College picker. You're on YouTube as well. On YouTube, same name. Okay. If you have any printer questions, shoot me a DM or check out my YouTube because I've been going crazy with the printer content. Yeah, I've uh, Romer's going to recommend the Dymo in his in his uh, course. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe I have like a little section where you just break printers down, five <laughs> percent profits. It's such a it's such a small detail. Like I don't know, it probably isn't worth it. All right, guys, like, comment, subscribe, do what you got to do. Peace.